your co-hosts, cousins Justin and Derek. We are recording this episode on May 10th, 2017. So as much as we love football here at the Cubs cast, uh, the Cubs have tried to let it go around this time. I mean, it's May. There's really not a lot going on right now. And, you know, it helps keep us sane and for me to appear to be saner. Uh, but there are plenty of sports to choose from around this time. We've got Major League Baseball. We've got College Baseball. We've got the NBA playoffs. But, alas, we have football news to impart. And I'm reminded of a quote from one of the Godfather films. Leave the gun and take the cannoli. Uh, wait, wait, no, that's not right. Uh, let me check something else here. I'm the older brother, Mikey, and I got stepped over. Uh, no, that doesn't sound right either. Let me try this one. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Hooah! Eh, close enough. All right, so the first news is that Jordan Westerkamp tried out for the Tampa Bay squad uh, this past weekend, and despite having an acrobatic catch in a widely spread video throughout the Husker Twitter sphere, he is bound for browner pastures in Cleveland. Justin, you're the cockeyed optimist, childlike uh, innocent of the group. What are your thoughts on this disaster? Well, thank God he has experience playing with terrible quarterbacks, okay? Uh, I think he can make Brock Osweiler look good. Brock Osweiler is dirt. He is terrible. John Elway saw through his crap and sent him to Houston. Houston saw through his crap, sent him to Cleveland Browns. That's where everybody goes to die. The Browns, they have Deshaun Kaiser there who thinks that he's going to be, what, the next so, all uh, right. so for Peyton the Manning. So for the record, let me get this straight. You're basically equating Jordan Westerkamp with crap and and and, and trash and death, right? Am, am I assuming that? Well, he just went to that team. <laughs> <laughs> He's not. But the team that he went to is just like, that can't be great news but see, for him, won't right? Won't he pick that up or will he be able to transcend that and maybe make a winning team? At, I don't know. Does really? he have a shot at a practice squad? Let's put it that way. I have no idea. I, I, I don't know what to expect of the Browns. The Browns, they do they do bad things to people. <laughs> they really do. <laughs> Derek, you got to help me out here, man. I'm trying to be optimistic here because at least with Tampa Bay, you had the chance with Jameis Winston. You had a pretty respectable team that was competitive. The Browns are a dumpster fire. I don't know what to add to that. They are a dumpster fire. Playing for the Browns is kind of like being in the NBA and I get picked up by the 76ers. You're right. always going to lose. Okay, so we're all, we, we're, we're all, we're all decided the, that Jordan Westerkamp the, is basically in the bowels of hell. So The, Bra the Browns could play with 15 receivers on the field at the same time and still lose. <laughs> well, that's because they, they never have a quarterback that can hit anybody. All right, all right, all right. So let's get off the Browns thing. Browns suffered enough. What about Westerkamp as like a journeyman – NFL receiver, considering that he might be like a, a Wes Welker or, or a Steve Largent or somebody along those lines. Do you think he has that opportunity? I mean, the guy made an acrobatic catch during a tryout. I mean, that's got to show he's got some hands. That's, I mean, unless, I don't know, acrobatic but, catches come a dime a dozen in the NFL. But what you have to understand, too, is just because you made one great catch, I mean, we don't know what he did on the rest of his tryout. Maybe he sucked it up in all of his route running. Could be true. I, I mean, at the end of the was... day, he got he got let go out of Tampa Bay. I mean, they were he was buried there. There's there's too many wide receivers competing for a, a handful of slots. He didn't make it. It's better to find out now and find a place to go to that you can make a roster than wait till you know the fall where they cut you. 
And I he guess he wasn't going to make it anyway. And honestly, maybe I guess the thing is, is that as long as he finds a roster to be on and make a living there, then, hey, it's a success, regardless of the sucky team he's on. And speaking of do, sucky, do you think yeah. do you think do you think Jordan Westerkamp was like, man, I got to take the Browns to the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's on my shoulders, man. I got to redeem myself for not taking Nebraska to the national championship. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and speaking of – yeah. No, I was just going to say every draft pick makes that joke when they have the stadium. <laughs> I'm going to take the Browns to the Super Bowl. Talk about Mr. Irrelevant. All right, and then, okay, so we talked about Sucky QB. Here's the segue to Tommy Armstrong, who is being looked at, believe it or not, by the Minnesota Vikings as a safety. Guys, the thing is, is that he practiced – or I guess auditioned, tried out, at the Husker Pro Day as a running back receiver. How does a safety correlate with this? Because you're talking about a proactive kind of position where you dictate what's going on, whereas with the safety, you're reacting. You're reacting to the receiver. You're, you're trying to run step for step with him, trying to anticipate what he does. I don't see Tommy Armstrong succeeding in that regard. So... After, if we back on Jordan Westerkamp, you can back on Tommy Armstrong like that. I'm, Tommy Armstrong. I'm just being, I'm just being realistic here. I, hey, Tommy he, Armstrong, he is athletic as hell. He is super athletic. He is, uh, he's a true warrior. I mean, he is going to give you 110%. Nobody can question the effort, level of effort that he's going to bring. And on day three of that mini camp, they move him to safety. He showed him enough where they're like, yeah, you know what? I want to see you come back, you know, later on. I, I'm not shocked that, you know, he's he does enough to impress people. And he, he's just that gifted of an athlete, so. Derek, we, well, he's that, yeah. he's that gifted of an athlete, but the overall athlete, he's really great. He's just not ever great at that one thing. Technique? I mean, isn't, isn't that what they say in high school? If I mean, like, if, if you can't catch a ball, we'll throw you back there at safety. Maybe you can knock it down <laughs> when you're trying to catch it. That's an old axiom. That was that was always what George Darlington said. Basically, basically the Huskers who couldn't catch the ball or <laughs> we'll just put you in the defensive backfield. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I guess the only thing that I would say about that is at Minnesota, he played one day at safety and he's getting brought back where Wester Camp, he's played wide receiver his whole life and he got sent down the road. All right, I get that he has raw talent. I get that he's athletic, but it takes a hell of a lot more than that in the NFL to succeed and to make and even to make a practice squad. I'm worried about his technique. Is he going to have the technique down? Is he going to have the fundamentals down to do this? He didn't have technique as a quarterback, but still he started four years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, end point made. I have nothing to add to that. Let's Let's move on from the gridiron to the baseball diamond and i say now husker fans this is something i am excited to see we got nebraska baseball who swept rutgers this weekend and took first place in the big 10 standings now they're playing creighton tonight i last i checked they're up one to nothing but if they basically win the rest of their games they control their own destiny and they look like they're in a pretty sweet spot to go to the to, to succeed in the Big Ten tournament. I don't know whether they're going to go all the way with it, but they have a chance to get pretty far. That being said, 
would it be wiser to take the, I guess, the Kansas route, like in basketball, where they go out the second round and then they just rest up for, like, the regionals? Because chances are they'll probably make the regionals, don't you think, uh, with, based on the record, Justin? Well, absolutely. But, you know, there's a there's a huge log jam here uh, in the conference. There's, like, seven teams, six teams definitely competing for first place here just for the regular season and out of these schedules, I don't want to get too stat heavy here, but everybody has kind of like a, a cakewalk down the road. It, this is truly anybody's uh, regular season championship. Really? Uh, Do they all have Nebraska, the same number of games left as Nebraska? Uh, more or less. I mean, okay. so, some have uh, like Maryland who's behind us. They have a, a three-game series against Northwestern, which is absolutely, completely winnable. Nebraska has Michigan State and Penn State. Penn State's absolutely winnable for that, but Michigan State... Wow. You know, that's in Happy Penn, Valley, though. Penn State's almost inexcusable. They've only won, like, three Big Ten games this whole year. Oh, they're terrible. They're terrible. They're, they're, they're terrible. It, it's all, it's on the road. You have, no excuse. you have no excuse not to sweep that one. Michigan right. State could be a little tougher. I mean, they're, like, middle of the road. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're mediocre, could be tough, but Penn State, there's just no excuse not to win that series, not to sweep that series. Penn State is terrible this year. All right, but that that being said, and you pretty much made it clear with the level of competition, will that hurt us down the line? Because God love this bunch, right? They're a scrappy bunch. They proved it this past weekend because you saw the you saw the the encapsulation of everything this Husker team stands for. Got great pitching with Jake Hohensey and Derek Burkamper and Jake Myers. But Myers had a bad game. But the great thing is that that Nebraska team lift him up. And then Luis Love Alvarado hits the walk-off single to win it 7-6. to six. I definitely have the feeling this team has each other's back. And that's a great thing. But how is that going to translate when you've got stiffer competition, better pitching, and arguably a lot more potent offenses. I mean, these teams can knock it out of the park. I, well, I, think, think, we're, I think we're, I think we're going to run into the biggest problem. And I, what we've kind of complained about this all year is going to be our bullpen. Our bullpen has given up so many leads this year. And that's happened the last two series between Ohio state and, and Rutgers. Both weekends happened again. You had a decent lead and you're in your bullpen blew it. I mean, we happen to be good enough to win them come back and win them at the end, but... Well, would you put that that's more gonna be, that's on gonna be a little, Rutgers or would you put that more on Nebraska? I, I'm starting to put it on Nebraska because it's been a trend all year where the bullpen comes in and blows it. Justin? That's a scary me. thought. Well, it no, Derek's exactly right. It's that's, That's been the trend this year, and I'm hoping, you know, I, I kind of want to say that once the playoffs happen or postseason happens, you kind of hit the reset button, and now you go. Perhaps. But, I mean, luckily, huh? I think luckily, I think Derek or, or uh, Erstad's had a couple of games where he's been able to build the depth as far as the players are concerned. But bullpen, I mean, they have those injuries. Eden's got injured. I think there was some there, someone else had like a Tommy John surgery or something like that. So their bullpen's been bullpen's been pretty depleted. I don't it's going to be interesting to see. And, and then a lot, the thing is, is that those guys are so piecemeal, right? So you got Luis Alvarado sometimes coming in as a closer. Does that mean that maybe Alvarado comes in 
as a reliever at some point during the during the uh, postseason? I mean, could that be a possibility? Oh, sure. Everything everything's possible in the playoffs. You all the cards are on the table. You're doing everything you have to to try and win. Well, let's hope that's the case. Justin, Let me ask you guys one thing here. What is more important to you at this point right now? Finishing up strong and winning the regular season conference title or just winning the Big Ten tournament title? I mean, I would say the Big Ten tournament title, but really? if it but if it but if the cost is us flaking in the regional, especially if we suffer through the wear and tear of the Big Ten tournament. I, I guess I would have to ask you this, Justin. Which one benefits Nebraska better as far as re, as far as going to the regionals go? Well, I, I guess I guess my point is is if we finish regular season uh, champions, that's the first time that we're going to be a conference champion since two thousand five. That's, and I think that the program needs a championship of some sort. It's so been four. Is the important thing here? I think so. That tournament, you know, that tournament is just kind of like bragging rights, right? I think, I think if you win that, I don't know what kind of impact it's going to have in the uh, in the uh, tournament or postseason. It's I think I, you, if you if you get the regular season Big Ten championship, I think you know you cash that check. You have nothing more to prove, so you could probably you know limp out in the Big Ten tournament. You don't have to win that Big Ten tournament for a high seed because you've already you've already uh, paid the bank. You know. Would you say that based off of the record? that Erstad has now, does he not have to worry about being on the hot seat if he doesn't have any hardware to show for it after this year? No. No, he's they're you're, not you're gonna you're gonna fire a guy you're barely paying. <laughs> <laughs> Darn you boosters yeah. Damn Erstad, you're a volunteer. How the hell are you get fired from that guy? <laughs> It's like the movie Friday. You got fired on your day off? <laughs> All right, everyone, that load up into the Volkswagen uh, bus. Yeah, yeah. I, no, but it's 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 super exciting, guys. You know, we're 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 legitimately in the running for a conference title. We control our own destiny. We don't have to worry about somebody slipping up. We, you know, we don't have to watch scoreboards that much to say, okay, I hope this team slips up so we can pass them. Mm-hmm. I mean, all we gotta do is keep winning, and it is most. It is uh, basically winnable. Michigan State, like Derek said, they're a mediocre team, but it's at home. And then PSU, they suck. There's no reason we should slip up, especially you know if we sweep uh, Michigan State and we go out to Happy Valley. We with should be mu- motivated. Oh, with that much momentum going on. Oh my God! Because that it, well, depending on what happens at Creighton today, which let's face it, that Creighton game is really at the end of the day means nothing. It doesn't matter. I hope I hope I they mean, bench everybody. Anytime you have and, momentum and, going but, in, but something if, is good. If you can win Creighton, and then you can go on to win Michigan and, or Michigan State this weekend, you're going to go into Penn State with an eight-game win streak, and eight or nine-game. I think it's I think it's eight though, and that's a that's a huge momentum builder. Sure. And, and you're you're building momentum on a team that's not going to be very competitive anyway. Who do you think is our? So, who do you think is our? If, you, if yeah. you sweep, if you sweep the rest of that season, that gives you all the momentum in the world for the Big Ten tournament too. Who do you think is our stiffest competition in the Big Ten tournament? You guys think it's Maryland or? Ah, uh, God, it could be any of I mean, those top six, really. 
Depends how that bracket lays out. Yeah. Michigan sounds like they're playing really well. I haven't really paid attention to yeah, their team very well, but Michigan's been kind of laying in wait. I, I, I I'm nervous about that team for some reason. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, let's move on to the pros here. Uh, we got uh, NBA playoffs to talk about. Now we already know the Warriors and the Cavs have already swept. They're already in, so that's fine. But we had an epic, epic competition or contest last night between the Spurs and Rockets. Just unreal. Um, and we got our own little battle going on right now. Last I checked, uh, Celtics were up on the Wizards. But honestly, Derek, uh, I know that you're going for the Wizards. Do you think that Isaiah Thomas might theoretically hit a wall with the Wizards? Because it looked like they figured out how to play them. Uh, well, the it's, it, 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 it's hard to say because I put most of I, – I don't, I don't know about tonight. I didn't really cut much of tonight's game, but – the other two wins that the Celtics have, I put pretty much on the Wizards for blowing it more than the Celtics winning it. I mean, they, they've had 16-0 run leads, 28-0 run leads. I mean, they, they've been up big, and they've blown it in the fourth quarter twice. You make, yeah, you made an excellent point. That's definitely a trend worth watching there. Justin? I have a live score update on that game right now. It is uh, – just under nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. Boston's up 107 to 81. Game five. That's sometimes critical. That could 83% game five winners go on to win the series. Yeah. Although that might be, <laughs> they're going up against the Cavs. So who knows? Um, as far as the Western is concerned, the Spurs are just walking wounded. They'll, it, it'll be a miracle for them to get past the Rockets. And then I don't know how they're going to do against the Warriors. That might might also be damned, uh, damned, uh, faint praise uh, if you know if the Spurs end up beating the Rockets. I mean, they go right into the. Well, I, I think I think if Justin really wants the Warriors out of it, he better start rooting for Houston. Well, so I, 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 yeah. as, as beat up as San, San Antonio is, I just don't think that'll be a good series at all. All right. So did did they ever say what happened to Kawhi Leonard's ankle? They said it was. I thought it was like a sprain or something, but it was a very mild sprain. He said he was going to be back. They, they, they intend on him being back next game. Yeah. But he's not going to okay. be 100%. I mean. No. I don't think anyone's 100%. Hell, at least he's not Nene. Do you think Nene's absence will might 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 be uh, significant as far as uh, the Rockets are concerned? The guy averages like eight points a game, I think it is. I I don't know. I mean, it's what always nice to have defense, a guy. Yeah, I, I get it, and it's always nice to have that guy, a guy like that, come off the bench. But I, I, I don't know. You got a good enough starters. My worry would be more: is are your starters going to wear out from not getting enough rest because of a guy like that being hurt? All right, so let's uh, ignore the Warriors and ignore the Cavs for the time being. Based off of the two games I mentioned, or the two team, the the four teams I mentioned. Who do you think is the MVP of of uh, of, the, of those teams, or just the, basically just the you know just the just the playoffs themselves? Who is the who would you pick as oh. the MVP right now? Uh, I think right now it's hard to maybe I I'd probably have to go with Isaiah Thomas. I mean, I'd he's agree. kind of really ruled the roost. I mean, I'd agree. I think I think everyone's kind of rooting for him. 
between Saint, San Antonio and Houston, it seems like there's always one guy that's on, but it's never the same guy. It doesn't seem like – I mean, Harden hasn't really played well. At this I mean, in, fourth quarter, in that fourth quarter or that from the nine minutes to the through the overtime, the guy shot like one of six at and this, had like four turnovers. I mean, that's not MVP status. True, but at this point, at this point, couldn't you make the argument, especially with the way they played, I mean, as role players, they played – I mean, they went past role players. You could – Green? Do you think Danny Green would be considered? Or or uh, Patty Mills? Or, hell, even Ginobili. Ginobili got the game-winning block. That was awesome. That was, that awesome, was cool. That was sweet. That was, that, was, that was a hell of a block. Last, night, last night's game, that when it went to overtime – I don't care who you're a fan for. If you're a fan of the Houston or the Spurs, the first three minutes of overtime had to be the most frustrating to watch for either <laughs> fan base. They, they must have shrunk that bucket. I mean, because nobody could make a shot. And it, it was – I'm not a fan of either team, but it was frustrating for me just watching them. Of course, you know, I'm pulling for the Spurs. Right. But, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah the, the, the Spurs got it in Ginobili. He, damn. The ageless wonder, right? I mean – yeah, he's yeah. bringing it for an old guy. He sure is. He sure is. I don't know what's going to run out. Thing about the Spurs, man, they got a, heart, a lot of heart, but eventually, you know, all that stuff takes its toll. So we'll see what happens there. And yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be fun. We might we might actually see like a couple of those. You know, I'm hoping that we don't get a sweep in either conference final. That would just be sad as hell. But if they I was going to, to six, say seven, yeah. I was going to say these games are basically meaningless because I think uh, Cleveland and uh, Golden State, they're just going to roll through the uh, I, semifinals. I mean, yeah, I, I have to eat my words. I, I, I really don't know if Washington has any shot against Cleveland. Cleveland was playing really terrible for the last couple of months, and so they looked susceptible to be able to be beat. Washington, still, I still think they have a fast enough offense to give them a little trouble, but. Man, those two teams—they're just the two best teams. In the yeah, NBA. they're the two best teams, hands down. I mean, it's it's fun to talk about, you know, these meaningless third and fourth place games, but <laughs> it's not going to be interesting when it comes to semifinals. I, and I, I think I think it's killing the NBA right now mm-hmm. with with just these two teams are just that far superior than everybody else. And it's kind of killing things. Like I like I'm not even interested. Does in that force the other teams games. to step up their game though in order to compete? To get better Obviously. players, or yeah, how, how 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 do you step up your game when you don't have the athletes? I don't know. LeBron gets old eventually, right? Well, I thought he was getting old already, but apparently not. The thing is, the thing is about the playoffs, and what frustrates me, and what makes me admired at the same time, is that you think a team is out of it, and then they just crank it up another level, or they put themselves in neutral, and then all of a sudden they just like. I think that's what we're seeing right now with the Cavs and the Warriors. Well, well with, the mean, Cavs, with, the, with the Cavs, it just looked like they knew they knew what they were, and they didn't care about the regular season. They didn't care what seed they got, so they half-assed it. Yeah, towards the end, and then playoff time came, and they were like, "Oh, it's time to go." Yeah, turn the switch on. It was yeah. like uh, it's like it's like over the top. LeBron turned his hat back. I think, it's gonna, I think it's going to be a different story, though. I think Warriors have too many weapons, and I'm looking forward to that contest, actually. Kevin Durant, you might actually get your title, believe it or not. Okay, I think that's going to do it for us here on the CuzCast. Uh, we're not going to have a shout-out, per se, but... Oh, wait. 
Oh, wait, I forgot something. Uh, we have a new thing here at the Husker Cuscast we're going to try. It's called the Weekly Nebraska Diss. And this time, our diss is by Brian Ferentz, who is the son of Iowa uh, coach Kirk Ferentz. Uh, what I wouldn't give to have Tyler here to commentate or rantitate, as the case may be. But you think that Ferentz has a legitimate diss here, considering the success that Iowa's had over Nebraska? I mean, are we once to talk here? Well, you got to remember his comments weren't really about the success of Iowa over Nebraska. It was all about recruiting and and the the tactics that Nebraska's using for recruiting, saying we can get these guys into the NFL, and he doesn't think we're putting guys in the NFL at a high enough rate. However, his comments finally gave me a little bit of fuel to dislike Iowa. I mean, I know Tyler hated Iowa. Not, not like I did at Wisconsin or, hell, I would say Northwestern probably has more hatred for me than Iowa. State rival. They're right across the river, man. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was all media-driven, though. That was the problem. The yeah. media came out and said, hey, you need to hate Iowa. We're going to give you the Heroes Trophy. So you need to hate these guys because it's a rivalry. Well, I don't care what the media says. Me- rivalries aren't born through media. Rivalries are born on the field. Agreed. And, and it is starting to turn into a great rivalry, I think. Yeah. And, and, and and this fire that the, that Brian Ferentz is throwing out there is helping it a lot. I think it's just going to fuel it. Yeah, I agree. Justin, you have any comments? Well, I loved what Colin Coward had to say recently about Iowa. He called Iowa the fake ID of college football. And I hope that I hope that sticks. I hope we're calling Iowa the fake ID of college football for many, many years. But <laughs> – uh, and you know this this rivalry or lack of rivalry, it does need to be uh, created. Uh, I guess the Lincoln Journal Star they had a or stoked. I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, something needs yeah. to happen. But mm-hmm. the Lincoln Journal Star they uh, had a poll out there uh, asking Husker fans who do they think that their rival is. You know, and Wisconsin won eighty percent of the vote. Nobody respects I- Iowa as a rival. And, and can I make an argument on that point? Sure. Like I, I, I see what you were talking there, but to me, and, and I hate, I hate Wisconsin. I see where people want to think that's a rivalry, but is it really a rivalry? We're like one in five against these guys. They've kind of owned us. I don't know if that really constitutes as a rivalry. <sighs> don't you hate being on the other, other, other foot? I mean, I get it. So many. Well, I get it. It's all about perception, though, right? When when we roll into that Wisconsin game, that's that's our rivalry. That's our rivalry game. It's not Iowa. It's Iowa. It's like, oh, God, I guess I, am I going to go Black Friday shopping or am I going to watch the Iowa well, game? I, I would still like to see Wisconsin become the Black Friday game. I really would. Well, I, I would, too. It, 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 I, the point is nobody respects Iowa to even enough to even consider them, to give them the satisfaction of being called a rivalry game. And so I think that uh, their coach knows that Nebraska fans don't, they don't respect Iowa. They just, you know, it's like Iowa State when when we're in the Big Eight and Big Twelve. They don't respect him. So he's trying to manufacture some hatred, bring some, uh, just bring some rivalry, I guess. And just, it'll be so much fun to just whoop their ass finally. I, I would year. like that too. <laughs> but just for the sake of argument, just for the sake of argument, I think this is interesting. Do you think that there's a possibility that it could be that it could be interpreted that 
Mike Riley's kind of selling selling a, a bit of a false hope for some of the recruits. You know, like they're they're basically banking on the NFL and is that is that realistic that they that they're going to get to the NFL? I think you're buying into what Brian is trying to sell. I mean, we're we're getting these guys. The reason he's made those comments is because we're kicking their ass in recruiting, and he's it's like that's his childish high schoolish thing. It was like talk uh, trash about the little school west of Omaha. Uh, we're kicking their ass in recruiting. I, so this is I, I, I think that okay. I think that I think that was a part of the whole thing that bothered me the most was the fact that. Couldn't even say Nebraska. He had to say that school west of Lincoln. Oh, he was trolling. He was trolling all the way. He knew yeah. exactly. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. There, I think that was a part that, lot of those. So I did think yeah. that was a part that kind of irritated me most. I'm like, you little dirtbag, go back to daddy. <laughs> well, let's hope. Let's hope they prove. I would love to see like Nebraska get like more than one draft pick next year. That'd be great. But. Let's let's keep things in perspective. Well, I mean, a national championship. That's really what I want is a national championship. Exactly, and I think we're putting. I think all these coaches maybe are putting way too much emphasis on the on the NFL. Well, At the end of the day, I really don't care how many guys we put in the NFL. We put five, they're great. We put one, so be it. We put twenty, I, I don't care. I want to win at Nebraska. I don't care what they do in the NFL. I'll root for them in the NFL. But I don't care about the NFL. Well, I, I want Nebraska to win at Nebraska. But they know what gets these kids here is the promise of the NFL. And that's fine. If that's what it takes, that's what it takes. But I want to see hey, them win here. Hey, I, you know what? Mike Riley is doing a hell of a job getting recruits here. This year, this 2018 class is going to be – it's going it's crazy. It's crazy. And we're going to talk about recruiting here in, next week or in a, the couple weeks. Mm-hmm. But – Everything that this coaching staff is doing recruiting-wise, it's lights out. So Brian Ferentz can shove it up his ass. There you go. We're getting the recruits. I think that's a good closing statement to end this on. All right. Not a shout-out necessarily, but a passing along of sad news today. Uh, Chris Berman's wife died in a car accident. Uh, so our hearts go out to the Berman family and to the ESPN family. Our hearts, thoughts, and prayers are with them. Uh, if you want to hit us up, uh, visit our Facebook page and follow us on Podbean. We're also available on iTunes. So don't forget to like us and write a review. Help us get lots of likes and lots of ratings. Email us at huskercuzcast at yahoo.com for comments, questions, suggestions on topics for future episodes. Praise, more praise, or trolls to your heart's content. Go Caps! Rock the red! And go Big Red! Go Big Red!